what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to Stepping Up Service. This is the first episode of our podcast dedicated to the discussion about customer service, how it affects businesses, organizations, where we are in the world of customer service these days, and how we can all strive to get a little better. Uh, my name's Alan Jackson, and I'm with the Jackson Group, as well as here with the Mesh.tv. Very excited to be here on this first episode of this new show. And with me is Ed Gagnon, who is the uh, president of Customer Service Solutions. Uh, has been a good friend of mine for a while and someone very, very in tune in the world of customer service. Ed, how are you doing? Doing great. Good. It's good to see you. Thanks for joining us on this first episode. Uh, we've got some good things planned for this show. This is really something where we're going to get into the nitty gritty about customer service, talking about what it means for an organization, uh, how to define good customer service, and how some uh, organizations may want to tackle improving their customer service as they go forward. Uh, We're structuring this as really kind of a dialogue between Ed and myself. We may be from time to time bringing in some outside people as guests or somebody to talk to, but we have a a whole wealth of discussion topics over the next several months we want to be digging into with this. But Ed, let let me start this off. Being the first episode, uh, some people are coming into this fairly blind about what it is we're going to be discussing. Let's get into a little background first, because I think that always helps to give people a frame of reference of where you're coming from with your discussion and your thoughts on customer service. And I can do the same here as well. So why customer service? What what brought you to the world of helping organizations with customer service? Well, it, it was an interesting start. Uh, I started in the world of consulting for about 10 years, doing a lot of work in, in healthcare, and my particular role in healthcare at the time was to help organizations improve operations, improve service delivery, the, the care they provide to the patients. But uh, during the mid-90s, it seemed like all of what we were being asked to do was to help the hospitals to cut costs, mm-hmm. and, and they were concerned with operational improvements. And mm-hmm. I found myself every day going home and saying, you know, I found another three positions to cut. Oh, wow. and, and when you start to see the that your role in an organization is to try to, to reduce uh, the number of employees, and that's what you're using your skills for, it just doesn't give you the warm fuzzies when you go home. Sure, so, I can see uh, that. My, my business partner and I, uh, who the person who became my business partner, Greg Ward, when we uh, started Customer Service Solutions, it was a situation where we would go out, we would socialize, we would have poor service experiences, and then we would say, you know, if they just did this, they just did this, it would have been a, a much better experience. We, we'd be going back to that restaurant instead of avoiding it at all costs. And and so we started to develop this theory that developed this idea of how can we use our skills for something positive, something mm-hmm. better, right. uh, something where when we go home at night, we feel better about it. So uh, the the development of, of this company, the, this focus on customer service really came out of a passion to do what we do to help companies improve operations, improve how they serve customers, but to do it to help help companies grow instead okay. of shrink. Ah, great. That's good. And, and that's, you know, you're right. I remember in the, in the nineties, it just, it seemed like not only was that that focus on let's trim, let's, let's cut the fat type of thing. And there seemed to be so much more focus on that, but also about the same time we started hearing a lot more about the Disney models, the other kind of models where they're trying to introduce some of those high level customer service elements into organizations that yes. maybe weren't used to that. Is that, did that help kind of spur along your thoughts a bit, a little bit too, or? 
yes, when you, when you start hearing things about uh, customer service from other industries that are being adopted, mm-hmm. uh, you, you start to realize that uh, customer service has certain key principles that apply to anybody. I mean, right. whether you're a small business owner, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're Disney or a hospital or a pro sports team, uh, you, you need to have an experience that the customers are going to love. You need mm-hmm. to make sure you're identifying why they would stay with you and why they would go. And, and we define the drivers of customer satisfaction in any industry as being the attitudes of the employees that you encounter. That, that's going to form part of the opinion for, for the customer. It, it's the processes that those uh, customers experience, and it's the actual product or service itself. So when a customer goes into any kind of business, they're evaluating those employees, those processes, those products, and that applies to any individual kind of industry. So when you start seeing the Disney's of the world branching out and providing customer service training through the Disney Institute to all these different industries, you realize there are certain key principles that apply to everybody. And mm-hmm. we felt if we could just identify these principles and go into different organizations and help them to become great uh, at these different aspects of customer service, then that would be an opportunity for us to help businesses grow. Right. Well, and that brings up a great point. I I know a lot of organizations I've talked with, and, and I guess to help everybody understand my, 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 uh, my background on this as well, you know, the Jackson Group, we produce uh, patient satisfaction, customer satisfaction surveys, uh, engagement studies for a lot of organizations. So, of course, customer service is a big thing we see a lot of data about, mm-hmm. uh, especially in those service-based industries where the customer is really evaluating their experience truly on that customer service element, um, whether it's banking, whether it's healthcare, whether it's uh, you know anything else service-related. So I'm seeing a lot from the data side, and you know, you're in there hands-on with these organizations working with it. So it's some interesting dynamics we're bringing to the table here. Um, but you brought up a point a minute ago about what customer service is. And I want to elaborate on that a little bit more because I think it's really important for people to understand. So many times you hear the words customer service or maybe programs have been called service excellence or guest relations or whatever they may be. So many people I know still think of that as do you smile? Do you say good morning to people when you see them? Do you greet people? Do you, what's your telephone etiquette like? It's those surface things. But customer service is really a lot more than just those surface elements. Maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit. What all does customer service really encompass for any any size organization? Okay, well, that, that's a great question because a lot of people do believe that customer service is just about, quote, being nice, or it's the eye contact, or it's the smile, so it's touchy-feely kind of things. And that that's important to a point, but there's a lot that goes into customer service beyond the touchy-feely things. For mm-hmm. example, you could have the best attitude in the world, but if that person just had to get transferred three times before they got to you, they're going to be ticked off about the phone system or the process. Right. And, and you could have the best attitude in the world, but if that customer had to wait 15 minutes before they got through the line to get that need met, they're going to be upset about the process. Yeah. If you have a great way to deliver a certain service to a customer and, and deliver a certain product, but they have to fill out the same information on three different forms, the process mm. is going to sour them on that experience. So, and, and I can speak to that too. I mean, I've gone through so many experiences where it's the nicest people they mean well, and they're trying Uh their best to serve you, but if the process that they're confined to doesn't meet the customer's need, that is customer service. It's just, uh, it sometimes takes a deeper root 
in the organization to try to weed it out and fix it. Sure. So, right. yeah, you, you can think about the analogy of a fast food restaurant. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go through the drive through at the fast food restaurant and and the burger's great. It's exactly what you ordered. The fries are hot. The drink is cold. And the attitude of the employee is fine. I mean, they, they try to confirm your order. They smile when, when you're at the window. Mm-hmm. But if it took you 20 minutes to go through the drive through Sure. I mean, granted, the attitude of the employee is fine, the product's yeah. fine, but that 20-minute process really soured you on the experience. So customer service is about everything surrounding the product, surrounding the service. It's those parts of the customer experience that you're trying to manage that, that goes beyond that that dress they're buying, that food they're purchasing. It, it goes into how you deliver the product, how you deliver the service. Well, you know, but at the same time, you got to have both sides too, right? Because, yes. I mean, you could have the best product in the world, very efficient, speedy delivery, everything's great, but if you've got bad-tempered employees or ones that don't show that customer service element, sometimes that ruins it just as much as the opposite does. So sure. it, they both have to play in, in no matter what organization you're talking about. So both are important. Yeah, right? that's a great point. I mean, a lot of people, we talk about fast food analogies a lot because you can look at organizations that have a reputation for great customer service. And in the fast food industry, whenever we ask this in training sessions, the only one that ever comes up is Chick-fil-A. Mm. And it's because they are consistent in the service they deliver. They are always trying to thank the customer. They're confirming the order. They're using that phrase, my pleasure. And how many times have you actually gone through a different uh, drive through at a different restaurant and granted the process is good and it was quick unless in two minutes you're through so the process is fine and the product is exactly what you want but when you drive up to to the intercom all you hear is yeah what do you want mm-hmm. and, and you're kind of stunned that that's that's how they greet you and you right. place your order and they say next window and, and you drive up to the next window and, and the first thing you hear is uh, yeah it's 5.99 dude mm-hmm. so you kind of <laughs> give them the 5.99 right. and they hand you the money and they hand you the burger and they give you the drink and while they're waiting on the fries, they turn their back to you. Yeah. And they got their little, uh, you know, their earphones on and they're kind of bopping around uh, right. to, to the music on there. And finally they, they, they get the fries and they hand you the fries and, and you drive off. And all you heard was five ninety nine, dude. Yep. So, yep. you know, it's one of the situations where, yeah, they did get the process down and, and yeah, the food was good, but that attitude of indifference on sure. the part of that customer, that attitude that they couldn't care less can really sour you on the experience. So not that the the eye contact and the touchy-feely and the face-to-face isn't important. It, it, it is very important, but it's just a piece of customer service. It's a piece of it. And I think that's what I really wanted to make sure people understood is that these things have to work together. Uh, unfortunately, you can't have one and not the other in many situations. It's, something's going to burn you if you don't have one of those two sides of the equation, the personality and the process involved with it. And then really, this is important too. I know that some of the people that have been listening to some of the MESH programs too uh, have very small businesses. I mean, some of them could be entrepreneurs, single owner, uh, single employee companies. You know, tell me what's the difference? Is there a difference in what a single person company uh, these days versus a, a multinational corporation, you know, the, I would imagine the basic tenets are the same, but does it become easier or harder to manage some of those customer service processes based on the type of organization, the size? What's been kind of your experience with that? Well, that's an interesting question because uh, when you are a small business and, and you just have one or two folks in the organization, you, you do have a lot more control over the service experience because you're the ones delivering the service. So it's right. not like a large organization that that has a certain executive group and they want a certain experience, but it's got to go down multiple levels to the bank branch and then trying to instill it that way. So in theory, it should be easier. 
Uh, in practice, sometimes the reason why it's not easier is you have small business owners or entrepreneurs who are very product focused. You know, I love this product, this this service. This is why I got into the industry. They didn't get into the industry necessarily because they love customer service. Right. Um, so they have to learn what exactly is customer service and what does it mean. And, and plus, the small business owner is wearing so many hats. Unlike the large corporation where the teller at the bank, that's all they're doing all day long is they're conducting those transactions. They're interacting with those folks going through the lines, the small business owner, they're, they're managing the books. Yep. They're dealing with the inventory. Mm-hmm. They're talking to the vendors. They're, they're, they're sweeping the floors. They're cleaning out the, the shelves. And they're interacting with the customers. So that's what can make it more difficult for the small business owners just because they wear so many hats. When, when you just got off a tough call with a vendor mm-hmm. or you realize that the financials weren't good last month, in walks a customer, and you have to be great at that yeah. moment in time sure. when you have all that. these other things going on. Yeah. So in other words, it's they have more control yes. at a small business, but it also becomes just another extra duty that they have to do on top of probably the other hats they're having to wear. Yes. The difference in a large company is you may have people dedicated just to customer service, but at being a large company, it takes a much more of an effort to change a process or change a mentality uh, than you would in a small business. So there's pros and cons both ways. Definitely. Challenges there either side of the coin. Yes. Yeah. Now, I know technology itself has probably uh, played an interesting role in the world of customer service, I would say. Uh, I can speak for myself. I mean, I do a lot of my business transactions online nowadays. And it's no secret, too, that there's a lot of times I would rather just handle a transaction online and not have to worry about talking to a human being. Now, that's so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that evolving world of customer service, because so many uh, businesses may have no face contact with that customer anymore. Sometimes there may be no voice contact at all either. What have you seen? How, How have you seen the world of customer service change or has it changed at all? over the last 10 years with the advent of the internet and so many uh, online uh, transactions being conducted? Uh, well, that, that's a great question, especially in the sense of looking back 10, 15 years, and you think about what technology changes were then versus mm-hmm. what they were five years ago versus what they are today. Because 10 or 15 years ago, one of the big changes was that you could actually outsource off sure outsource uh, out of the country outsource a lot of your quote customer service functions so for those organizations like the computer manufacturers if they wanted to send off their customer service functions overseas they could do that to reduce their cost per unit Um, what organizations were doing at that point was saying how can we improve our profit by reducing our costs but if you thought about and what happened to the economy in the early 2000s what happened to the economy over the last uh three years or so, people are starting to realize when the economy hits, uh, some kind of major bump in the road, uh, which is probably an understatement for the recent economy, but but when it hits those major bumps in the road, uh, all of a sudden organizations realize we can't take customers for granted. It's not all about the low cost per call, the low cost per transaction. We have to figure out how can we retain our existing client base. So you see a lot of organizations that did outsource overseas are are now trying to figure out how do I bring some of these functions inside. So that's the first trend you looked at that's a little bit different in terms Mm -hmm. of what happened 10 to 15 years ago versus some of what you're seeing today. A lot of that outsourcing of call centers, things along those lines. But 
when you're talking about today, you're typically talking about social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about how uh, customers have so much access to so much information. So uh, they can not only gather more information so that they win, when they do call your organization, they're much more educated. That can take a much longer period of time to have that uh, need met or that question answered. So the level of complexity in those customer inquiries is much greater than it mm-hmm. was because customers have so much more access to information. So they're really becoming more knowledgeable yes. in that a lot of them are coming to the plate already with some background information on what they're needing and how they're, how it compares to others. Yes. Uh, and yeah, that's, I can, I'm a testament to that. I mean, I, I perform so much of my research online before looking at a product, before I even go into a store or an online store to buy it, that I normally already know what I'm looking for. Yes. And I'm a lot more critical of some of the information I'm given by salespeople or any other communications I get. Because I already had that background, mm-hmm. where you know, ten years ago, I wouldn't have had that. Exactly. Um, and I think that it's interesting to me. I'm probably going off a little tangent here, but seeing how that's affecting some of the retail environments these days too, um, it just seems like we've stepped away from the idea of needing to have people on site that are experts on a particular product. Probably because of going to the bigger stores, they're just more. Uh, everything under the sun being sold under one roof. It's a little harder to have experts in every single department. But even some more of the specialty stores, it's almost like everybody's expecting customers to already have done some of their research sometimes. Because I don't see as much of the interaction with salespeople on, tell me about this product, teach me why I need this. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more customers have already said, I've done my research, I've read the articles online, I know what I want, I just need to go into a store and buy it. Are you, are you seeing that? Is that something I'm just kind of more in my bubble or what's happening there? We're seeing that, but it's interesting the way you pose the question because uh, in a lot of our clients and a lot of the different companies that, that we're looking at, granted, you're right, the customers are more educated. They're coming in, they're asking for a certain product, but sometimes they're asking for that product because based on their limited understanding of what product would meet that need, they think this is a solution, this is a product, this is exactly what I need. And that, that could very well be true. Mm-hmm. But, but when you're talking about customer service, and the attitude of employees, part of what makes somebody great at delivering customer service is their ability to ask the right question, Uh, whether they're trying to diffuse the upset customer and they're trying to drill down to what Mm -hmm. the real issue is or whether somebody comes in and they have a certain product or service that they need. Uh, Employees who are great at asking questions can say, okay, you say you need this product just before we go ahead and grab that for you. Let let me understand what you're using it for. Mm -hmm. You know, what's your goal here? Because sometimes even the most educated of customers, uh, they're they're basing what product decision they want to make uh, based on a little bit of a limited understanding of, of, of all the different options that are out there to meet their goal, okay. whatever that goal might be. So, right. uh, yes, customers are coming in much more educated, but employees need to be good at asking questions to understand what kind of need uh, that the customer is trying mm-hmm. to get met. And if they're great at, at being inquisitive, asking the right questions, they'll either come back and say, yes, you're right, uh, Mr. Customer, you selected the perfect product to meet that need, or yes, that product will work, but... Uh, it has these certain limitations. Mm-hmm. This other product, this other option would actually meet those needs better. So you're actually seeing it's more important for some of these. And I, I'm talking still just about retail for the most part. But yes. He's thinking it's actually becoming more important for people working in retail to become more experts in their products as opposed to salespeople. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, experts in their products and experts in being able to ask questions. Okay. Don't just react. Uh, don't just uh, assume you know what the customer wants, but be right. a little bit inquisitive. You know, Take a general need request mm. and ask enough questions to figure out what specifically That's they need yeah. or, or find out what they're looking for and, and just confirm 
what what is their goal? Confirm yeah. that uh, you know all the different goals that they have are going to be met by that product. That you know, you're to. right. I, I I'm thinking just some experiences I've had even the last few weeks. Uh, electronic store, looking at something from my home, and even though I went in knowing more or less what I needed. Uh, what impressed me about the person I experienced is they did ask me questions and said, well, what are you trying to use this for? And do you have this going on as well? And are you also doing this? Well, you may want to consider this instead. That was impressive. And it actually did help change a little bit. I would have probably walked out with the wrong product if that person had not been asking those questions. So yeah, the more I think about it, I guess you're right. It's, but they weren't a salesperson to me. I didn't feel like they weren't trying to put on a hard sale, just going after the item with the highest profit margin for them or anything. It was really what is going to work best for you. Sure. And there's a lot of different terms that are used to describe what I'm talking about. I mean, when we mystery shop and we do a lot of mystery shopping, we, we invariably find that the employees that are best at serving the customers are those that are most inquisitive. What do you really need? What is your situation? Mm-hmm. You know, what is unique about what's going on? Because the more inquisitive they are, the more specifically they can give a certain response, the correct response to that mm-hmm. customer. And mm-hmm. some people will call that consultative selling. Some people will call that customer service. But when you're talking about uh, the stereotypical salesperson. When we think about stereotypical salesperson, we tend to think about somebody who is a push uh, individual. They're pushing a product, pushing a service. What we're suggesting to is whether you're in a customer service kind of role or even a sales kind of role, uh, one of the keys to, to meeting that need effectively the first time is to, instead of push, kind of pull information, mm-hmm. you know, pull information out of that customer that, that will convey what do they really need so you can meet the need right the first time. Almost like yeah. look, look at your customer as a supplier. They are a supplier of information to you. And mm. if you can get them to supply you with the information you need to guide them toward a buying decision or guide them toward the, uh, the right method of getting their need met, then that, that's what a great goal should be. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Before I get to this other thing, I want to surprise you with because I do have something to put you on the spot, and we'll see how how you do with it. Uh, yeah, you sound really excited. Yeah. Uh, uh, but talking about future episodes for this show, um, I know there's a lot of more specific topics with regards to service we can go into. So that's really the plan for the show is we kind of want to make this a little more of a general. Let's talk customer service and what it means. But knowing that in the future episodes, we can get a little more specific with a few practices, whether it has to do with communication, whether it has to do with, you know, uh, processes, whether it has to do more with, uh, there's just a lot of other topics, Uh, I guess, is that going to work as a format for you? Kind of let's dig into those things a little more specifically each time. Sure, we could talk about everything from diffusing the upset customer to social media strategies to how do you change a culture to, you know, all all sorts of things like that. Good. Well, let's plan on that being kind of the structure of the show is we're going to pick one of those topics each month that we're going to go into. But here's something I want to try and uh, maybe I'll put you on the spot a little bit, but I think it'd be also be kind of fun to do. Sure. I'd like to each month we illustrate or give an example of a, a really, really good customer service experience we've had recently of what made it really good. Mm-hmm. And also talk about one that was pretty lousy. We can do this without mentioning companies' names unless it's the positive one. I mean, okay. If we want to give them some props, that's fine. We don't need to go into the negative side at all. But sure. I just think it would be interesting to help people understand because 
sometimes it's it's one of those things where I'm a lot more observant about it, and I know you are too, because of the industry we're in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's people in businesses or groups, organizations that may not realize something they're doing mm-hmm. is really kind of rubbing off the, on the customer wrong. So mm-hmm. maybe if we can give those examples, kind of each of us give one example each month. Sure. That'd be kind of fun to do too. Sure. I don't know if you can, you probably have some at the top of your head. Yeah, I, I thought imagine. one right off the bat when you Great. mentioned that. A, a good one or a bad one? It's a bad one. Okay, let's go for bad ones okay. first because I've got a bad one as well. So okay. why don't you go ahead and uh, tell me your bad example and tell me why it was bad. Okay, my bad example relates to uh, an er- internet service provider uh, that hosts a website for a charity that I work with. And okay. I was actually asked to just facilitate the development of this website. Well, right. uh, we were having uh, an issue with a database for the website. So I call up uh, the uh, customer service area. They pick up rather quickly. The person on the phone, young guy, very good at interacting. Uh, and he said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to restore the, this database. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we'll restore it for you, and it should take no less than 24 hours. Um, and this was on a Thursday evening, I believe. I said, great, that's wonderful. So, so far, that's sounding pretty good. Right, $50 okay. an hour. It'll probably take less than an hour, minimum charge. Sure. I, I said, absolutely fine. Okay. Uh, next morning, I decided to call and check on a status, and they said, no, it, it, it hasn't happened yet for whatever reason, but just check back a little later. I said, that's fine. They said it'd be 24 hours. I just want to make sure it was still in the loop. Sure. They said, that's great. Uh, I called up about 24 hours later, Friday evening, and they said, well, you know, um, we, we don't have that in the works. And I said, well, why don't you have it in the works? Well, mm. you didn't fill out a form. I said, well, oh, I wasn't boy. asked to fill out a form. He said, yeah, you need to fill out this form. So I was emailed the form while I was on the call with the rep. Again, very nice gentleman, great interaction back and forth, filled out the form. He said, okay, now that you have this form filled out, we'll go ahead and submit the request, $100 an hour. I said, I thought it was $50 an hour. Oh, that just changed. I'm sorry if the other rep didn't tell you. It's $100 an hour. We can't guarantee (laughs) how many hours it would be. I was like, okay, that's great. Uh, So I called back Saturday morning to make sure it was in the loop. And they said, well, uh, they tried to work on it overnight, but it was a certain type of database. And they weren't sure which database, because there were two potentials that we needed to restore. I said, Mm -hmm. well, I filled it out in the form. They said, yes, but... Um, the email we sent you to fill out that form, it had a different type of database in the subject heading. So they sent me the wrong type of database in the subject. I sent them the correct database in the, the body of the mm-hmm. email, and they didn't read the body of the email. Uh-huh. So call back Saturday night. They said, well, we had to route it up uh, to somebody at an executive level because they couldn't figure out how to deal with it or some high technical person. Uh, we're not sure when we're going to get to it, but, you know, it's – it's going to be in the next uh, 24 hours, I'm sure. Sunday, called back. They said, well, it, it's been working on. For some reason, they haven't been able to restore it, and we're not sure when it's going to be, but those folks are generally pretty quick. So after talking to about six people who are very nice, all of whom told me they'd fix it in less than 24 hours, it had been over three days. The price had more than doubled, and I basically said, stop. Yeah, I'm going to rework the site without you doing that. So it was one of those situations where great attitudes, poor communications, poor managing expectations, and essentially uh, I dropped the service. Well, I I can almost see it as a situation where they probably 
hired really good people to talk to people on the phone and yes. they knew how to tell them the right language to use and the right words, but they didn't have the process and the communication structure in the back end yes. to make those things work. Right. And the very last person uh, that was working on it for me, I said, well, can I talk to that individual, that that high, high, high level technician, just to make sure he understands what database I'm talking about? And they said, no, you can't. And they said, even we can't. Once it gets to that level, <laughs> we can nobody talk can talk to them. <laughs> I don't know the email address. I don't know a phone number. Basically, we just wait for them to tell us it's done, how many hours it is. I said, are you serious? They said, yes, we're serious. Even we're not allowed to talk to them. So We have to look up in the sky yes. when we see black clouds fluming over the mountain. We know that the database gods are done. Exactly. So, right. And I was not waiting for the black clouds to, to go over the mountain, so I wow. pulled back my request. Wow, we're not even allowed to talk to them. Yes. So, okay. So, really, that's a situation where, you know, the front end stuff, the the things that they that people may typically think of customer service. Oh, give them a good timeline and mm-hmm. be friendly and promise them we'll get back to them. But if you don't have the systems to back that up, exactly. it's meaningless. It actually becomes very frustrating for a consumer. Exactly. Right? Okay. Well, let me give a good one, a good Great. example, if I could. And this is just one that sticks with me a lot because it's actually happened twice in the last few months. Um, so my home, we have internet, TV, phone service uh, through a provider. And that provider's always had a little bit of a history of being not always timely with their appointments and giving you the big window of time, the 1 to 5 p.m., which Mm -hmm. I really hate to begin with. You would think with cell phones, we would be able to call our customers and let them know 30 minutes, hey, I'm on the way to your house. Mm -hmm. But that never happens. Well, the nice thing here, the situation was I'm I'm a big Twitter user. So, of course, if I'm at home for five hours with nothing to do, I'm like, well, I'm going to tweet some things. And one of my my posts was I'm waiting for XYZ company to show up and surprise they're still not here yet. And I'm just doing it to my friends because a lot of my friends know my frustrations I've had in the past. Well, lo and behold, within five minutes, I actually had a response back on Twitter from this company saying, hey, we understand you're waiting. Are they there yet? I wrote back and said, nope, they're not here yet. And I said, well, we're going to make some calls and just make sure we know where they are on the path. And they wrote back and said, you know, they're on their way just to give you a heads up. Like, great, this is more than I've ever gotten from this company before. What made it even better was later that night, I got another response from that same company saying, how was the service? Did they, when they got there, was everything work okay? And I was able to write back and say, yeah, actually it was great. Kind of having more of an idea of when they're going to be here and you following up has made a huge difference on this. So that's just it was a simple thing and it took them a combined total of five minutes on their end Mm -hmm. and it didn't cost them a dime because they're using twitter or free service and they're just tapping into that they just happened to be searching for their name in that twitter feed found it and said well we need to respond to this and make sure somebody's happy yes that was great that really automatically my my confidence in that company went up a notch going forward and next time around i feel like i'm going to have an equally better uh, customer service experience. So yeah, and that's a great example, and that's a great example of issue resolution, where mm-hmm. a company cared enough to track those messages coming in, they cared enough to act on it and respond. Uh, the issue is obviously on the delivery and expectation management. Sure. So it's not probably an organization that is 
uh, throughout the organization fantastic at customer service, right. but they understand that we need to monitor on the back yes. end issues that might be created on the front That's end. That's right. So I was really happy about that. And I know social media is something I got a feeling we're going to be talking about a good bit in some of the future episodes, because you're right. That is a big, big factor in, in service in customer service that people have these days. Yes. And that was just a great example for me. And I've got plenty more we can share in future future months as well. So I think with this, I think we've got a good overview. Ed, is there anything else you think that we need to kind of preface this show with and let people know what we're hoping to get into? I mean, uh, the, the only thing I'd mention is that customer service can go in a lot of different directions. Like I said, it's everything from social media to you're in a retail store and somebody comes in to it can mm-hmm. even get into uh, retention strategies. You know, mm-hmm. you have annual contracts as uh, maybe a property management firm or a, a sports team, and you're trying to renew contracts. And you're getting into relationship development mm-hmm. on that end. It could be your internal culture. There's so many directions wow. we can go, but everything that we'll talk about uh, on these different um, uh, shows will focus on specific things that are happening today. We'll try to bring okay. in examples, just like we're talking about here, of specific studies that have come out or specific businesses that had did some great publicity or negative publicity relating to customer service. So if we're talking about a topic, we're talking about how that topic relates to the real world today. Perfect. I think that's what people want to hear is, I think we can give all the examples in the world, but we, we got to help them connect it to what they're doing. Uh, whether it's a single person working out of their home on an online business, whether it's a big, huge corporation that's delivering millions of products, we can all work off the same tenets and models and examples as well. So sure. very, very good. Ed, how can somebody learn more about what you do in the interim between episodes or waiting for the next one to come out? Or where, where's the best places to get in touch with you or hear more about you? Uh, well, I appreciate you asking. There's actually about three different places with, okay. which are great resources. Uh, one is our company website where you can learn about what we do with strategy, training, research, all those sorts of things, which is CSS America, like Charlie Sam Sam America. Dot com. Okay. Uh, we also wrote a book uh, about But that stands for Customer Service Solutions, customer not service Charlie Sam Sam. So. Exactly. Okay, good all right, point. good. Thanks I make for sure clarifying. People, no, I want to make sure people knew the name of the company. <laughs> so didn't want anybody to get confused. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that, that's option one. Another option is uh, I actually wrote a book last year, which is a great mm-hmm. book for anybody who wants to know what, what does it take to be great at customer service. It's actually called Ask Yourself, Am I Great? A customer service, and it highlights the 25 uh, characteristics of people who are truly fantastic at customer service. And we have a website for that, which is amigreatat.com. So amigreatat.com. And then also on Twitter, you were mentioning that earlier. Mm-hmm, sure. Uh, my, my Twitter ID is Ed Gagnon, all one word. So it's E-D-G-A-G-N-O-N. Great. Good. And that's uh, something they can just follow you and kind of hear some of your thoughts on, 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 on things and customer service and maybe some examples, I guess, you come across and see as well. So Definitely. good. Very, very nice. This is going to be fun. I actually think this is this is something I'm very passionate about. You know, at the Jackson Group, we've part of our business has always been about measuring satisfaction. And a lot of that is stems off of customer service uh, with a lot of our background in healthcare, you know, with the government initiatives now on patient satisfaction. You know, we're seeing that that customer service impacts those scores and how people choose healthcare mm-hmm. as well as other industries. So I'm, this is something I'm very excited about. I think we can bring a lot of good to the show and get some people excited about helping improve their own service to their customers. So yeah, definitely looking, looking forward, forward to, to it. it. Great. Well, thanks to everybody for listening. And again, uh, CSSamerica.com if you want to learn more about Ed Gagnon and Customer Service Solutions. Uh, this is Alan Jackson with Jackson Group, which is the jacksongroup.com as well. And we'll look forward to putting out these shows and uh, talking to you next month about how to step up your own service. Thanks a lot.
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.